I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into an Uncomfortable Truth Thursday here on the show. Andrew Coppins, Pat Oney, alongside you for the next 45 minutes or so, however long we decide we need to or want to go. And that is the beauty of not being tied to a radio clock these days, right, Pat? And it's glorious. It really is, because it allows us to give us time that we need or don't need uh, within the show. We don't have to fill stuff. We have, we can really hone in on topics, and uh, we're about to do that uh, today. We, we apparently have... Um, um, Jesus would be called a groomer. We also have um, apparently people support public transportation mask mandates and um, 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 we were right, Pat. We also have that. So we're going with uh, more garbage data and then we're going with flat out blasphemy. Hmm. That, well, I'll, I'll let you be the today? judge of that. We'll, we'll talk about that particular part of it in a, in a little bit. Of course, we got the B or not the B, but I want to start with a little by the numbers for you lovely folks. That's right. It is time to go by the numbers. And um, I'm sure all of you have heard about this new AP poll that came out uh, following the lifting or the not lifting, but the court order um, vacating the CDC's ability to enforce a mask mandate on public transportation throughout the country. And oh, by the way, state after state after state, even my ultra, we have to be super careful state of Illinois has lifted their public transportation mask mandates. I want you to think about that. Wow. I, I, I mean, I, I never thought I'd see the day. Hey, at least this time, at least this way, if you're on the CTA here in Chicago, if you're uh, on the red line or the brown line or the blue line, at least you'll be able to look your attacker in the face and understand who it is. I mean, that, that that's a good point. Uh, that's a very bleak way of putting it, but that's a good point. Yeah, no longer do you have to wonder about being able to give a full description of who that individual was. But that's not 
the point of this. The point of this is numbers. In the AP poll that came out, okay, the headline is that most people in the U.S. want masks for travelers. 56% of those surveyed favor requiring planes, uh, people on planes, trains, and public transportation to wear masks, compared with 24% opposed and 20% who say they're neither favored nor opposed to it. Um, I'm calling bullshit. Why? Well, first of all, this is an AP poll. Well, I'm glad that you did call it because your instinct is correct. And here's why. Because um, I'm a stats and data nerd, as a lot of people know. Um, I'd like to actually look into how they came up with these numbers. Because what do we know about the population writ large in masks? Most people don't like them. Most people don't want to wear them. Most people believe wearing them is actually doing harm to kids, right? And so every other measure that we see with masks tells us that doesn't seem right. That number does not seem right, especially because the vast majority of people also know what truth, that the plane cabin is some of the most well um, filtrated air, if you will, mm -hmm. in the entire world. Right. Y you have what well filtered, I should say. Air. Uh, the the HEPA filtration on these planes is unbelievably sanitary. Now there are other unsanitary parts of a plane, uh, but there's nothing a little rubbing alcohol uh, or swab wouldn't be able to to help take care of that but anyway little hand sanitizer but yeah right right mm -hmm. so on its face this doesn't seem right right is 56 percent could i see like 40 percent sure that yeah, might sure. make some sense to me okay but pat i didn't even need to go too deep into the um data other than to let's take a look at the sample size. First of all, they sampled 1,085 people. Okay. Okay. Now, this has become a political issue, right? This has become a political football, if you will. I would argue that it really isn't a political football. When you look at the likes of Elon Musk, you look at the likes of Bill Maher, Joe Rogan, you people who are way more libertine or liberal in their own lives, joining forces with uh, with social and Christian conservatives, um, joining forces with you know straight old school Republicans, which we're gonna get to in a moment. But in the last election, Pat. What was the the exit polling of the makeup, the demographic makeup of Republican versus um, Democrat in the last election cycle? Wasn't it something like who self-identified? How many people or what percentage of people I should say? Let's do it this way. What percentage of people self-identified as Republican in the 2020 election? Right. 
Wasn't it like 46%? 36%. 36%. Yeah. Okay. 36%. Then, okay. 37% Democrat, right? Yeah, it was somewhere around there. They were very close yeah. to each other. Okay. Right, right. Um, in this poll of 1,085 people, the Republicans represented 36 percent mm-hmm. okay the independents represented 20 percent mm-hmm. and the democrats represented 44 percent that seems like very skewed data it's not evenly split it so you're right and you're wrong so you're mm-hmm. right in that it is skewed data. You're wrong in that you don't need an even split. But you but Pat, why would they represent the Democrats at 44%? Because here's my question, right? The last time we did a major major election in the United States was 2020. Right. And what did the populace tell us? They were kind of split right down the middle between Republican and Democrat at least in terms of self-identification, right? Right. So if you're a good pollster, what do you do with that information? Going forward, you attempt to make your your demographics, at least politically, as similar to that demographic makeup as possible, right? Right. And more importantly, if you have some sort of skew in your data, you... Find a way to weight against that skewing, right? There right. are measures statistically in statistics in which you can understand the weight that is given to that overrepresentation. But I want you to think about this, Pat. What other reason would they want or what other reason would they just represent it this way? Why would they represent at about a 7 to 8% clip more to the Democrats than the last time. Also, Pat, I want you to think about this. Have we become more Democrat-leaning as a country today? Or are we less likely to want to vote for the Democratic Party today? As a country. As as a country, I think we're, we're less willing to vote. I mean, because if you're looking at the future election coming up in 2022... It's supposed to be a Republican landslide. It's not even that it's supposed to be a Republican landslide. It is that the actual polling that is out there Mm. shows Republicans plus 16, 17, 18% right now. Right. Okay. So you're going to tell me that your poll overskews the 2020 representation by 7 to 8%. And when you look towards your future, right? You're also overrepresenting by potentially 10 to 15% the amount of people who self-identify and would be voting because here's the reality, Pat. All the people in the world can tell you all the things that they want politically, right? You know, get True. on that, get on this poll here, right? Yeah, I self-identify as Republican. I lean Republican, I'm strong Republican, not so strong Republican. Okay, cool. 
But I want to ask you this, Pat. What actually matters in our society? Your response to a poll or you actually physically voting? It's you actually physically voting. You You doing an action. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You doing an action. That's the quote unquote poll that ultimately matters. It is how when you look at 2016 and what took place with Donald Trump, which really became an absolute landslide in the Electoral College. When you take a look at that, it happened because people actually voted differently than they responded to polls, right? Right. They voted significantly different. And it questioned and made people question a lot about how they came up with their polling. In fact, Trafalgar Group became really famous because they almost absolutely nailed the election. I think they got one state wrong. One. They were off by one state for Donald Trump in the election. Hmm. Everybody else had Hillary Clinton winning in a landslide. But if if I am creating this poll, why am I doing this? Why why is my data so skewed? Why would I want to do that, Pat? Could it, could it possibly be because you have a very biased outcome? You have a predetermined outcome? And you win $100 of Dominic Izzo's totally legit Wing Chung money. Oh, I get the Wing Chung money? Yes. Yeah. Um, yes, you're right. It's because they knew in order for them to get the outcome that they wanted, right? The story they wanted is that, oh my God, we can't do this. The American people don't want it, right? The American people want the, the comfort of the mask. You can't get there if you use the demographics of the 2020 election or future forecasting uh, or combining, because this is what I would be doing in an election year. I would look at 2020's election makeup. I would look forward to what we are forecasting in internally, right, towards the, the lean Republican, not so strong, strong Republican, right, that breakdown, Republican Democratic breakdown. And I would find a way, statistically speaking, data speaking, to represent that in this type of a poll. This ain't it. There is no way in hell the American public leans more Democrat to the tune of eight eight points. There's no way that that happens. That is not the case. If anything, it is likely that it's about a three to four percent lean Republican. At this point in time, when you look at the future forecasting and 2020. So I have to ask myself again, why? And to your point. It is because the AP has a predetermined outcome. They wanted Americans. They wanted their poll to say that Americans wanted mask mandates. That's the reality of what where we're at. So you don't even need to dig into like, well, did what was the question asked of of them, right? What was the real question asked or, or how did they respond to that question the first time versus the second time? Because a good poll will ask you the same question at least twice, if not three times, right, Pat? Just right. in different ways. 
right. to to gauge if you are telling the truth or you're telling them what they think you want to hear or vice versa. This is all you need to know. This, these are the only f- numbers that you need to know. To know that this is absolute propaganda. This is not polling for public consumption. This is part and parcel of the propaganda, which brings us to the second story we want to cover today, which is we were totally right, Pat. We were totally right the other day because we said that what was going to happen after the federal judge lifted the transportation mask mandate. That the federal government was going to appeal that. Right. Specifically the DOJ. Right. We we thought that they, they would. I I thought they would be dumb to do so, but they're going to do it. And they did, announcing yesterday that the uh, Department of Justice will appeal it. And uh, we don't have a time frame quite yet, right, for right. when this appeal will be heard. My guess is within that um, that two-week window, right? I think we'll see, maybe hear arguments next week with a decision the week after. Because I think it was what May seventh was when uh, the deadline was uh, for them to uh, to they they extended the deadline another two weeks to look at quote unquote data right right that, that's what they told us they were doing um, so I think that might be the timeline because I think they need to have a decision by that point in time so why why Pat I just told you that the state of Illinois has repealed its uh, its local mask mandates. We've seen states all over the country doing it. Cities are doing it, right? Um, places that would be subject to this transportation mask mandate have basically given up on it. The airlines have said, um, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, we're, we're not going to require masks on our airplanes anymore. In fact, there's a video out there, I just didn't have time to grab it, of literally in flight, in flight, yep. in the middle of the flight, the Several. captain says take your masks off if you want to because th- this is over um I, I am i'm really struck by a couple of things here and, and, and again the question is why and here's the uncomfortable truth pat just like the uncomfortable truth in the previous segment was that this is all about propaganda in this case this is all in an attempt to establish future precedent, not in action right now. This has nothing to do with putting masks back on people when they go to, uh, you know, go on an airplane ride or, you know, go travel via airplane or train or they, they take the L into downtown, right? That has nothing to do with that. The uncomfortable truth is it has everything to do with their future rulemaking statutory power. And how do I know that, Pat? Why would I assume that other than uh, I am just a skeptic? But why would I assume that? What evidence exists? Well, I mean, you and I talked a little bit about this off air before you know about this very topic you know before we even came on today and um you i actually thought this was going to be very stupid politically speaking because what 
you're just going to piss people off at this point, right? Mm, to the, the to that is, point, Pat. To that point, mm-hmm. I, I want to cover that point because I think I think it's worth covering. Right. That is a a good assumption on his face, right? That this is stupid politically. You can see the American people celebrating taking these things off. You, you right. see all the viral videos. You can do all of those things. So why would you tick off the American public? Well, here's the reality of this. Politically speaking, they're not speaking to the American people. They're speaking to no. their own base, okay? And most importantly, most importantly here, is that politically, if you've been reading the tea leaves of the 2022 election cycle, the Democrats are dead in the water. It's done and dusted for them. In this so it doesn't cycle. matter. It doesn't matter what they do at this point. Right. So fight it or not, like this isn't a, hey, if we fight this, we're probably going to lose that 10% you know, swing that we are looking at in this election, right? Mm-hmm. Is this the difference maker in... In that one seat or that one race in the Senate that will flip it from, you know, Democrat back to Republican, right? Right. The answer is no. Right? No. Th- this this is the this ain't it. This is not something in which having this fight matters. So, given that for our purposes, politically speaking, this does not matter. Th- there's no there's no amount of political maneuvering and calculation here that will move the needle one way or the other. Right, but but at at the end of the day, is this really a dumb political decision? You kind of said earlier, off air, that no, not really. This really isn't that dumb. Because what they are trying to do is set a future precedence for this. It is this is about this isn't about control right now. This is about future control. And you had me thinking about that, and I'm like, ooh. They're not going to let this go because they want to establish that. They they want to establish this in the future because then all they have to do is the next time a global pandemic happens or even, hell, yeah. even they might even be able to make the argument for just an epidemic here in the United States. Yeah, well, like, let's put it this way. Mm. Next time there's a epidemic level of the flu. What could right. they possibly do, right? They, they could go to court and be like, hey, we need we need. They don't even need to go to court. They could just do it. Right, they can just do it. So, to your point, this is about future rulemaking and future control because we can go backwards. This is the evidence that we have, right? We can right. go back to last July. We can go back to January, right? When we saw a nine to nothing decision by the court, basically rebuking um, their their eviction moratorium power, right? Right. Saying, yeah, no, 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 you don't. Right. This the same issues apply here because the CDC is using the same quote unquote power. Right. And. As we look at this, right, they've been using Section 361A of the Public Health Service Act. Say, stating that the Surgeon General, with the approval of the Secretary of Health and Human Services, is authorized to make and enforce such regulations as, in his judgment, are necessary to prevent the introduction, transmission, or spread of communicable diseases from foreign countries into states, into the states or possessions, or from one state or possession into any other state or possession. 
So that's the statutory part that they're trying to use here. See, see, we have the statutory regulation. Now, why would they appeal a ruling that says, no, 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 no. You didn't even follow proper rulemaking procedures. You didn't follow anything. Um, by the way, your emergency act um, charade, if you will, is exactly that, or charade. You, 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 no, no. You don't get to violate the law just because there's a emergency, right? Just because there's something bad going on doesn't give you the right to violate the law. That's basically what the, the judge was saying here. So why would you appeal this, especially, Pat, considering we know the physical evidence on the ground is that there's no political will for this rule to continue. We don't see the states going, you know what, that, we're going to keep our state stuff going um, because we can do that, right? No, as soon as they took the cue from, uh, from the ruling, they all dropped it the very next day. Done and dusted. Done. Now, that's not to say that if you are worried about things that you don't have to wear a mask or, or whatever, go ahead. Go ahead and do it. Nobody should care if you are or aren't wearing a mask on public transportation. Nobody. Now, given that there's a lack of political will today for the, the potential to put this rule back into place, right? To potentially start these, these enforcement actions again, why would you appeal then, right? We talked about the other political will. Here's the, the second political will, the, the states, right? Even your, your tried and true old school blue state like Illinois says, yeah, no, thank you. Immediately, like the, the, the very next day, because this ruling came down in the middle of the day um, on Tuesday. But, but by Wednesday, see you later, done and dusted, right? So if there's no political will on the first front, or the second front, why would you appeal this decision? Because here's the hope, because this was also the hope of their one, two, three appeals, I think it, it was, all the way up to the Supreme Court of the eviction moratorium, right? Their hope was that somewhere along the line, one of these courts would rule in their favor, not on the merits of today, but that in the future, they get the power to be able to create these rules. Because here's what a court could do in the next couple of weeks. Say, you know what? Um, you know, Statutorily, you're right. You have the power. But guess what? Um, <coughs> practically, your power has run dry. You it is unenforceable right now, right? You cannot enforce this rule going forward this specific rule. However, we will grant you that, yes, you are correct. You do have the authority in the future to do this. That is what they are hoping for. They are hoping that they get the relief to the point in which next time there's an, a flu epidemic or anything that they could construe as public health, right? Because what, what is lurking around the corner, Pat? climate change, ESG scores, right? Could they or could they not declare that a public health emergency going forward in which they can then grab that statutory power that they just had here in, in, and enforce, quote unquote, public health measures going forward? 
This is all about being able to to gain more bureaucratic power and control, less statutory control, more regulatory control. That's what this is about. So that the the power doesn't exist in Congress. It doesn't exist in the Senate to, to make these laws. It now just goes right directly to the CDC or the FDA or you name the, the bureaucratic um, agency, right? The alphabet soup agency out there. HHS, whatever. That's what this is about. This, this, this appeal from the CDC, because the CDC told the DOJ to, to uh, appeal this, right? Right. It's not about here and now. It is all about making sure that potentially they win for the future. Correct me if I'm wrong, but th- this is this is one of the biggest power grabs that that we have ever seen. Oh, absolutely. And and we mm. I've been talking about this from the very beginning, Pat. I've been talking about this. This is the this is that bureau- bureaucratic state that Trump had been trying to fight the good fight against, which is, I think, the number one best thing that he did as president was take on the bureaucracy as much as humanly possible. But this is them attempting to say, no, we're the experts. We know what's best, right? Right. And therefore, if we know what's best, we should be making the rules. Screw you and Congress. This is this is an affront to our constitutional republic, is what this is. I want to be abundantly clear on this. This isn't a... Uh, Oh hum, we should just, you know, go on and no, you need to pay attention. You need to demand that your legislatures are paying attention. You need to demand that in the future, the fight that we have, okay, politically, the fight that we have is not over taxes, it's not over um, you know, budgetary issues, although they're important, especially the budgetary issue. That is important. But numero uno, the first fight is against the bureaucracy that exists. Because we have ceded all of our constitutional powers, all of our representative powers have been ceded to those bureaucrats, to the quote unquote experts of our society. And if you know anything about trust the experts in history, it ends very, very badly. It ends very darkly. It ends with um, this E-word, Pat, eugenics. It ends with um, abortion. It ends with slavery. It ends with racism, like real practical racism, not theoretical critical race theory versions of racism, but real racism. This is this is one of those moments, and I I honestly believe that this is a a crucial moment for our country. That if you do not stand up for your liberty, for for your God given rights, if you don't do that in this case, you will lose them. You will lose them to people like Fauci. You will lose them to people like Rochelle Walensky. You will lose them. And there will be no getting them back. But you think that if you can appeal this in court, 
and 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 when how is that going to happen because the supreme court will have already made that ruling for you so there there is no way unless you stand up and you do something about this right now and make your voices heard right now and you do something about it there is no way this ends well for us in the in, in the long run no way and it's not vote for a republican right, right? no that's it's not, not the answer that's either. not the answer right. the the answer is vote for people that will commit to dismantling the bureaucracy I don't even care if we agree or disagree on every social issue. I don't care if we agree or disagree on tax policy or on budgetary issues. We can't even get to those issues if we don't understand that our congressmen, our senators need to wrestle their power, their statutory making power back. This is one of if not the most important issue of our time right now and it has nothing by the way for those that are that are like cult of covid listening to this and are like oh you're so wrong this is not that big a deal this has really nothing to do with covid or masks in of itself it has nothing to do with that this has who is making this decision for me for you who is making that decision it should be you it should be you and your doctor. It shouldn't be some bureaucrat sitting behind a desk that has no idea what your lifestyle is, what your health needs are. That okay, has so no, right. no idea. And, and, and if you want to cede it to anybody, it should be the people in which we have direct representation from. We don't have right. any direct representation in the form of a bureaucrat at the CDC, right? No. None. 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 Absolutely none. And, and furthermore, Pat, if we wanted to go down the road of the cult of COVID, right? If we wanted to go down that route, I will I will simply point to you. We have known the truth that transmission is not an issue. Transmission is not an issue in large public settings, indoor, outdoor, don't matter. We have known this since April of 2020. And how did we know it? And why did we know it, Pat? Because what took place in April of 2020 that had everybody aghast? In-person voting in the state of Wisconsin in the presidential primary in which over half a million people cast in-person on that day ballots. Do you know how many of those half a million people got COVID? I don't remember. It's been two years. I haven't. I don't even remember now. 17. Of not those high. 17, not a single one of them was traced right back to somebody that they were, they, they contracted it because of that voting. And we've known that from the very get-go. Look at the, look at the Super Bowl, right? Look at all the, oh my God, the super spreader events, right? Look, yeah, college football. There's another one. Indoor, outdoor, hasn't mattered. Mm -hmm. Have there been events in which people have gotten sick from it? Yeah, of course. Sure. But that's going to happen everywhere, anywhere. anywhere, for any reason, at any point in time in the history of this country. Oh, your son had the flu and we didn't know it yet? Um, and and uh, he went to a birthday party. Oh, crap. Ten other kids now have the flu, which means 
Mom and dad probably also have the flu. That means about 40 people now have the flu. That's how this works. But it wasn't some super spreader event, and it never has been. Your fear is completely and utterly irrational. Always has been, always will be. And there's no reasoning with that ration, but I want to remind you all in this audience that for the past two bleeping years, we have known that fear to be irrational based off of evidence. And the CDC is going to appeal this not based off of anything scientific, not anything data-driven, because data is not science, except for data can be science, right? Data is not science until it actually is analyzed. But we have known this for two years, and the CDC is doing this because it wants the power. Now, as you're thinking through all of those things that we have presented to you, um, it is time for us to play the B or not the B on this Uncomfortable Truth Thursday. Are you ready? Hit me. Uh, question, where? Um, let's see, where, where to hit me? Um, well, if you can hit me, um, how, about, how, about, how about right here? I'll, I'll, I'll hold, I'll hold, I'll even hold still for you. Oh, wait. Hang on a second. Let me text Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> Let me text Mrs. Pat. I'm sure she would, uh, she would, uh, gladly help me out on that cause <laughs> if she's awake, but, um, she's actually at work, but yeah, even better. Mm -hmm. But, um, today's headline, progressive Christians waiting until marriage to remove each other's masks. Progressive Christians waiting until marriage to remove each other's masks. Now, we have some news from uh, from DMXDM and American Pride Roasters. Um, it seems like the very first run of their their uh, um, reinvigoration of their business, if you will, uh, went off without a hitch. So we might be uh, back in session uh, sooner rather than later. So if you went to Fundly and, and donated and you don't want to do that again. Another way that you could do them some good news or good business is uh, going to American Pride Roasters and beginning to slowly order some coffee from time to time. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to do everything, but they're at least able to salvage what was in the wreck of their house. Um, and it looks like they're back to brewing a little bit here and there. So, Check out AmericanPrideRoasters.com, uh, DMX and DM, Dave, Faith, and uh, Mr. Clarence would greatly appreciate that support as well. So that's another way in which you can get something for giving. Yeah, so uh, think of it that way. Now, the headline, do you need it one more time? No, because this is a softball. Um, though I, I'm pretty sure my Cincinnati Reds could not hit that softball right now. Um. That's how bad they are this year. So uh, this is the Babylon Bee. Are you sure? I'm, I'm sure. Because you are correct, my friend. You are correct. <sighs> By the way, my Milwaukee Brewers are uh, they're starting to... They're better than the Reds. Starting to play better. Now, of course, 
they did just beat the crap out of the pirates, and that's not saying much. No, either no, it's not. No, it's but anyway, not, not um, yes, this is the Babylon Bee. Progressive Christian couples across the nation are saving themselves for marriage by waiting until their wedding night to remove each other's masks. Quote, <laughs> removing someone's COVID mask is a sacred and intimate experience. That's why my spouse Jeremy and I are waiting until marriage to lie together maskless, said the soon-to-be Mrs. Pittman. I've never seen the lower half of his face. Once we are one flesh, then it will finally be appropriate to see each other in our most vulnerable, unprotected state. Explained fiance Jeremy Pittman. We have remained pure throughout our relationship, so we can wait just a little bit longer until our wedding night. According to sources, while the couple has rigorously kept themselves masked up, the couple did not adhere to the same standard when it came to abstaining from sexual relations as commanded by scripture. Quote, I mean, we're not religious weirdos who actually listen to the Bible, but we do keep in line with all the statutes and principles from the CDC and Dr. Fauci. Blessings be upon his name explained Pittman. At publishing time, when the couple was finally married and alone, they took off one another's masks only to find out they had terrible oral hygiene and absolutely rancid breath. <laughs> Amy added that Jeremy looked better with a mask and insisted he keeps it on permanently. <laughs> fantastic oh, that's, satire. That's fantastic. Fantastic. And folks, when I talk about progressive Christians, I'm talking about the the church of me. That's what I'm talking about. Like this, the gospel of you can do whatever the hell you want. Just, just you know, if you go to church, uh, you're good. No. No. No, <laughs> no, no, no. No. Can you atone for your sin? Yes. In the Catholic faith, that requires an admission that you sinned. Not a, oh, oh, well. Like the church of me, the church of me says, whatever I want to do, I'll fit it in to Christianity. Right. right. Speaking of that, Pat, um, I have a, a little bit of an uncomfortable truth um, bomb for you. Courtesy uh -huh. of um, Bush Cheney era cabinet member, Matthew Dowd. Did it over the Easter holidays. And the Easter holidays, the entire message of the Gospels of the Easter holidays was love one another. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. If Jesus Christ was alive today, he would be called a groomer. He would be called woke and he would be called a socialist if he was alive today. If he was speaking the message he spoke in the Gospels today about treating everybody with dignity, Jesus Christ hung around with prostitutes and tax collectors. He was nailed to a cross because he spoke on behalf of the most marginalized people in the Middle East. And the idea that certain segment of our population has tried to capture the faith and corrupt a message that I may have been a follower of since I was baptized and went, was confirmed and served on the altar in the course of this is something I think all of us, it's not just people of faith, but all of us. Um, what number of things were wrong there, Pat, for you? Almost all of them. Because I counted at least five. Almost all of them. So, so the one thing I agreed with him on is that, you know, yeah, he did hang out with prostitutes and tax collectors. He hung out with sinners. 
mm-hmm. right? He, he did do those things. Why? There's a concept of uh, loving the sinner but hating the sin and and treating people well and with dignity and with love reg- regardless, right? No, so no, no, no. He, he did do those things. Mm-hmm. But but what was the what was the point, Pat, of him hanging out with the prostitute? What was the point to, of him hanging out with the tax collector, who later becomes to, Matthew, right, or is Matthew, to, re- to bring them to repentance? I mean, that is to, at least part of it. To do what? Bring them from to, to repentance for what? To follow him, to become his, like his disciples. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To repent from their sin. sins, hence the whole point. Also, so <sighs> now the other part of this, he mm. would be called woke. What? No, no, because he. So this is the progressive worldview, right? Everything has right. to be about the the prism of of their worldview. Everything. Jesus would not be woke. Jesus would not be conservative. Here's the uncomfortable truth for the conservative side of things here. He ain't you either. No. Absolutely not. He's He is than- the mm-hmm. truth, the way, the light. Mm-hmm. He is God's only Son, brought here, died on the cross to do what, Pat? To atone for all of our sins. To take away the sins of the world. Mm -hmm. So that we, as sinners, will be forgiven as long as we repent. The story of Matthew, right? The Gospel of Matthew. Matthew, the the Roman tax collector. Why does Simon become Peter? They change with the the truth and the light of God's word. Jesus would not be like, you know what? Cool, I'm going to go smash some hoes because I'm hanging out with the prostitutes. And, and I'm going to show you that by hanging out with the prostitutes, prostitution is okay. That's not what Jesus did. It's not what ministries today do, right, Pat? When, right. when you talk about the, ch- the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, right, and their missions, and the missionary mm-hmm. life that, that they lead, right? When you mm-hmm. go on a mission, the mission is not to go hang out with the prostitutes and the, the dredges of society to to um to have room springer if you will right right it is to do what evangelize to to bring them unto Christ to to teach them the gospel to to bring them to repentance I mean it, it is to do all of those things ultimately right and it is to show them fellowship in Christ right that's the whole point of bringing the prostitute right bringing Matthew, the the Roman tax collector, who's Jewish, right? A Jewish Mm -hmm. tax collector is the person that he picks to tell arguably the the most impactful gospel in the New Testament is Matthew, right? 
It's not Peter. Yeah. It's Matthew. It's not John. It's Matthew. Why? Why? Why did that happen? It, 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 holy crap. And, and, and then to call Jesus a groomer. I think this is the one that irritates me the most because this that, that feels like blasphemy to me. So I, I, I try really hard in, in these critical thinking moments to mm. to do this, Pat, to, to put myself in the shoe of the person who spoke what they spoke, right? Right. That, that Jesus would be called a groomer. How? How would Jesus have become a groomer? Why would he what, – what part of his message is sexualization of children? None of it. None of it. Literally none of it. He would not be called a groomer. But that's to take anything that this guy said seriously. Because here's the other rub of this, Pat. Matthew Dowd, guess what? Ran for the lieutenant governor of the state of Texas. I said ran. Because there's an election coming up, and he already dropped out. Not from the Republican Party, by the way. From the Democrat Party. And why, pray, pray tell, would he have dropped out of that race, Pat? Why? Um, I, I'm guessing because he's likely going to get his butt kicked. That would be what you and I would, would think, right? Right. But he decided to save some face. In leaving there, because you know, we just don't need more white Christian males in the race. Yeah, I'm calling BS on that. Th th that's his BS excuse. Now, there's also one other thing that I want you to, or I, I want to know if you picked up on this. Okay. When he starts talking about Jesus hanging out with the prostitutes and the the tax collectors and and all of that, right? question for you pat yeah did you did you watch nicole wallace at all the the host person on the far left mm, kind of but not really yeah she started to smirk smile laugh and like disgust or an agreement in agreement everybody on that panel is shaking their heads in agreement and she is smirking because, oh boy, did we get one over on the Christian conservatives. That's what's going on there. I would argue that he's not a Christian conservative, though, so I don't know how they would have gotten one over on us. No, no, no. I'm saying that that's what she... Oh, see, I'm, there, I, I'm checking that progressive Christian box, right? I'm right. checking that... See, I scored a point against the uh, conservative Christian movement, right? It was that type of a smirk. Like, haha, we hmm. got you. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Um, by the way, Pat. Um, the Gospel of Matthew, right? One of the things that the progressive movement does... is they love to quote Matthew 5.46, right? They love it. Mm. They love it. 
Because it says, if you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are you not even the tax collectors doing, are not even the tax collectors doing that? I want you to think about that. Are not even the tax collectors doing that? Right? Meaning what? You're supposed to love those who hate you. You're supposed to love those who are sinners, right? Okay. Why do I go with Matthew 547 and not Matthew 546 to end the show every single day? You're going to remind me what Matthew 547 is. Well, the New International Version of the Bible is a little bit uh, different, but uh, let's go with the New Catholic Bible. And if you greet only your brethren, what about that is so extraordinary? Even the pagans do as much. You see, the context, the full context matters. 546 says, well, basically love your enemy, right? If you mm -hmm. only, if you love your enemy. But also, you shouldn't just love your brethren either. Because even the pagans do that, right? And in Matthew, um, excuse me, in Matthew 546, we have them saying what again? <clears throat> if you greet only, excuse me, if you love only those who love you, what reward will you receive? Do not even tax collectors do the same. They love those who love them. So don't love those who love you. Now, there's another verse that I like to talk about, which is Matthew 544. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. They love to point to that one, right? See, you're supposed to love your enemy. That's not what this Bible verse means when you start putting in the context of the rest of the verses around it. It is, you are supposed to pray. You are supposed to realize that you are going to be persecuted on this earth. for your love of God and his only begotten son. You show them love, those that will persecute you. You show them compassion. You show them those things. They don't have to. And it is only through showing that love and compassion that you do what? Get them to repent from their sin. That's what this is all about, right? Even the pagans, even the tax collector. Why is Matthew talking about that? He's talking about those individuals because they see them in their contemporary time as the sinners of the day. And it is up to them to show them that compassion and love so that they have a light, a way, a truth that is different than their perspective today of that time. Yet, we have to listen to this garbage from the progressive Christian movement. The church of me, the church of woke, if you will, right? And I don't like using the church of woke because I don't even think that is the case. I just think it's the church of me. It's the church of paganism just well, wrapping it, itself in Bible verses. Isn't is it the church of woke and the church of me pretty much the same thing? I, I don't think so because I think the church of woke is really just um, 
using the Bible in a political way. The church mm. of me is using it in a personal way mm. to personally absolve you because you because you want to do whatever you want to do. And I'm going to find a way, right? The prosperity gospel and all that crap that's out there. Right. And with that, Pat, any final thoughts for today's show? <clears throat> Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And Jesus Christ is my Lord, my King, my Redeemer and Savior. Savior. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.